Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This episode of the Fallout Feed is brought to you by Game Talk and viewers like you. It depends on the duck. It depends on the duck. So we'd have to narrow down the breed here. The Wasteland is a post-apocalyptic mess. As the soul survivor wanders out about to see the rest. Hello there, welcome to episode 74 of the Fallout Feed. This is Andrew here. Welcome everyone. Uh, Just a little capture the flag update uh, for the Fallout Feed. If you're not familiar, we are doing a little uh, game in the uh, the Fallout feed with our listeners, where when we have all four of our hosts on the show, uh, meaning uh, Denny, Pat, Kara, and me, Andrew, that uh, if we all say our secret word and one of the listeners out there guesses the secret word and sends their response to the Fallout feed at gmail.com, again, all official responses, must go to thefalloutfeed at gmail.com. Um, the correct response will reward you with our um, flag of the Brotherhood of Steel, our Capture the Flag Brotherhood of Steel. We, uh, all the hosts are defacing the flag. We're signing it. Uh, we're putting a little cool little drawings on it. I uh, was a, a Minuteman fanboy jerk and drew the Minuteman symbol on the Brotherhood of Steel flag. I thought that was totally appropriate. Uh, so we are passing that around uh, between the hosts right now, getting that all defaced and ready to go to our listeners. And uh, actually, our, our first winner has already been announced. Kevin will be receiving the flag here before too long. So, uh, Kevin, uh, I know it's not quite yet ready for you, but uh, we'll we'll be getting it to you very soon, and we'll let him hold on to it for a, a good a good piece. Let him enjoy it, you know, roll around in bed with it for a little bit, um, have a good romp with the flag, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll do it all again and let someone else have a shot at it. So, uh, congratulations, Kevin, on being our first big winner of the capture the flag game here on the Fallout feed, and uh, thanks everybody for participating. Uh, let's see. Uh, next up on the agenda here, um, reminder, we have a roundtable coming. This will be season three of the Fallout Roundtable. Um, season, I believe it was six of the Skyrim Roundtable just finished a few weeks ago. So if you're interested in our roundtable thing and you you're just listening to Fallout and you're interested in checking out Skyrim, maybe um, I recommend it highly. Skyrim's a great game. Go over and check it out. We have the Skyrim Roundtable, which is very similar to our Fallout Roundtables that we have uh, done, if you're familiar with this show. So go check out the Skyrim Roundtable over there. And we're starting up yet another Fallout Roundtable here pretty soon. So we're collecting um, characters. If you are interested in participating, go ahead and send us an email at thefalloutfeed at gmail.com. Let us know 
uh, where you're from and what what you like to do, your sort of gaming history and stuff. And uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from everyone who wants to be involved. Uh, so if you'd like to participate, uh, do a do a play along character and send us an audio feedback, which is uh, how we like to uh, we like to play your audio feedback on the show. Uh, we also like to hear from you in email forms. Uh, but the as far as audio feedback goes, you can send in just voice memos from your your telephone, your smartphone. You know, you have a little memo, a voice memo app where you can do little sound recordings. That is totally fine for our purposes. You can send it on into the Fallout feed at gmail dot com, and we'd love to hear about your roundtable characters. If you would like to participate and do a play on character, you can find the Fallout Roundtable Random Character Generator at uh, www.asapodcasting.com and you click on the Fallout feed under the show section. So go to the shows, find the Fallout feed, and click on the link that says Fallout Roundtable Random Character Generator. And you'll, you'll find a really neat little uh, tool that Marcus, our good buddy Marcus, set up for us. Thank you so much, Marcus. Uh, but it is a very neat little thing. It's a, it actually brings up a pip boy. So if you guys want to go check that out, and then you can uh, sort of randomly generate your character. It's great. Good fun. Um, but we'd like to hear about your character, what you're rolling, and what you're going to do. Um, the roundtable does start up very soon. When is that? Uh, the 13th of April will be our first recording session of the roundtable. This will basically be uh, some character introductions, and uh, we'll get into quests shortly after that. And then we'll listen to uh, feedback from all our play-along characters um, the, the episode after that. So that, that'll that probably be how the roundtable sessions will go here for the uh, the next few months. So, great. I'm excited to get uh, back into this roundtable. Um, uh, Pat will, of course, be involved. Um, Kara's going to hop on um, as often as possible. And she's going to do a, a roundtable character as well. And Denny uh, will hopefully be back to his uh, regular schedule before too long. And uh, we're going to do a little bit of a rotating... Um, uh play along character uh, the 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 play along person uh will be drawing um uh, people onto the show every couple of weeks so if you're maybe interested in doing a play along character we might have you might have space eventually i'm not sure how many uh, people we have lined up already but uh yeah just to have some new varied voices on the show we are inviting on each uh, batch of shows a play-along participant. So, um, yes, like to welcome everyone to the show. Great. Fallout feed. So, roundtable be Thursday, April 13th. Um, so, let's just go over real quick what we'll be doing for the roundtable. We will be doing the, uh, the DLC. Excuse me as I drink. Uh, we'll be doing the DLC Nuka World. So, in order to do a play-along character... You will need more than just the base game. Uh, you will have to have downloaded Nuka World. And if you want to do a full play along, you will also have to have the ability to download mods because we are also concentrating on the mod by Chris Takahashi called Tales from the Commonwealth, which is a very nice um, sort of woven into the background 
You know, it's not very obvious. It's not different. He's not trying to do anything outlandish. Uh, but it fits into the world very well. It's called Tales from the Commonwealth. I think it's a. I haven't really played all of the quests yet, so this will be exciting to play through the, for, for the first time. It's a, I believe, a loose story of connected uh, quests. Um, there's, whew, I don't know, at least 14 to 20 of them, somewhere in that ballpark. So it'll be great to hear all these Tales from the Commonwealth quests. Uh, Chris Takahashi is also a modder. He's had lots of experience in Skyrim. He did the interesting NPCs mods for, for Skyrim if you're, if you're into that. So, um, you know, it's going to be good stuff. I'm excited to get into that too. So Nuka World and Tales from the Commonwealth are going to be what we're going to be concentrating on. Our first session will be on uh, Thursday, April 13th, and we'll basically be doing character introductions then. And probably the next week after that, we'll go over... Uh, the quests and then like i said before um listener feedback and then session two um will be in may early may session three late may session four gosh middle of june session five early july session six all the way in late july oh my goodness so that's how uh, that's a that's a good calendar that's what we're going to do for here uh, the next little bit on the Fallout feed. Uh, so, roundtable. Yeah, good stuff. Let's go ahead and check in with some listeners to see what uh, they had to say on the email box. So, email-wise. <laughs> of course, the phone isn't opening the email app. Uh, we have... Leon. Oh, great. Yeah. Leon is someone who's checked in with us recently, and uh, I've been enjoying hearing from Leon. I think he's hopping into the roundtable, which will be uh, good stuff, hopping onto the uh, play-along. So um, here we go. Leon starts off. uh, He writes to the Fallout Feed roundtable address here. Begin game. Prelude to Roundtable. So this is Olivia, my Season 3 Roundtable character. I put her backstory on the Facebook group. She left the vault with a Strength of 2, Perception 6, Endurance 4, Charisma 5, Intelligence 3, Agility 2, Luck of 6. She's currently level 37. Oh, wow, already pumping up those levels. Jeez. With a Special 3, Perception 7, Endurance 4, Charisma 8, Intelligence 6, Agility 2, Luck 7. She has Big Leagues Perk uh, 1, Armor 3, Locksmith 3, Kim Resist of 2, Black Widow 1, Local Leader 2, Party Girl 2, Scrapper 2, Science 2, Commando 4, Bloody Mess 3, Mysterious Stranger 1, Better Crits 2, Crit Banker 2, wow, gosh, Crit, uh, Better Crits and Crit Banker 2 uh, teamed up. That can be pretty brutal. If you uh, know what you're doing there. So uh, good job there, Leon. After leaving the vault, she made her way home, found Codsworth, and learned how long she had been on ice. Then she went to Concord. On the way, finding Dog all alone. Investigating some shots, her dog was attacked by a raider, so she joined the fight, killing the raiders. A man, Preston, from the second floor of the Museum of Freedom, asked her to help, so she did. After killing all the raiders inside, she met a small group who asked to, who asked her to get help and a suit of power armor up and running. Luckily, 
she remembered Nate had told her about using what how what Nate had told her about using power armor and could use it to defeat more raiders and a huge monster she later learned was called a death claw. The lady known as Mama Murphy seemed to have predicted this, which intrigued her, especially once she said Sean was still alive. Her and Preston then escorted the remaining people to sanctuary. Olivia helped out helped set up sanctuary with her settlement with water and food. However, Preston royally pissed her off. When she told him about Sean, his very next reaction was asking her to help with settlement and restart the Minutemen. Olivia agreed to help the settlement just to get a just to get out of sanctuary before she ripped Preston, Preston's insensitive face off. Oh, that's great. Uh, she found out the settlement, Ten Pines, was having raider problems. Olivia killed the raiders and then moved herself to Ten Pines, telling Preston to get off his butt and fix the Minutemen himself. She left Codsworth and Sanctuary to watch the settlement and to report to her, but except for the occasional visit to get her share of the food and water, she washed her, she washed her hands of them. On her way to Diamond City, she stumbled across another vault, number 81. While there, she discovered it was another experiment, this time involving viruses. She went ahead and gave the cure to the kid more in memory of Sean than anything else and hooked up with a Curie robot and continued to Diamond City. Once there, she heard about a private detective named Nick who might help after he was rescued. Sighing, she went and rescued him. With his... And Dogmeat's help, she tracked down the man that had killed Nate and killed him. He said Sean was in the Institute, so so they were next. But she would need help. She started looking for clues along the way, and she met a group of ancient humans, the Cabots. In the end, she thought if Jack was out of the way, she, she might could take Lorenzo's crown but once she met him, she decided not to mess with it. Happily, Lorenzo understood her desire and agreed to keep her supplied with serum, so she was now unaging and could potentially live forever, giving her plenty of time to exact her revenge for Nate and Sean. She made a point of joining both the Brotherhood and the Railroad, not out of any true belief in either ideology, but more in the hope one of them might be able to help her get into the Institute. After a wild trip, like one of her pre-war drug trips, she found out the Institute could teleport and she needed to find an ex-Institute scientist named Virgil. She's also heard about an odd broadcast on Nuka World that she might investigate soon. So far, Olivia has bled and been burnt, beat up, and shot, stabbed, and her face is now a mass of scar tissue. And she has decided that much of the Commonwealth are weak and worthless. The good person she had trying to be for Nate is gone. Shriveled up and dead, buried deep in her soul, she works for her own ends. Only really doing things she thinks will advance her cause. Sometimes she pretends to be nice, to advance, but the niceness is never real. 
Hey, uh, great. That's awesome. Thanks a lot, Leon, for writing in. Uh, Leon says, uh, I've really been enjoying this character. I've never really used Vats before. I've been a, mainly a melee build, but I'm loving Crit Banker and using Righteous Authority or Deliver. I've only put one point in big leagues for the round table uh, since I don't want to fall back onto melee. I've got a plan for my uh, role play for her throughout the whole round table, and that will come across the vents as warranted. I'll also post to the Facebook group with pics. Hey, that's great, Lynn. Thanks so much for hopping on. That was an outstanding uh, little update or a prelude to uh, what's going to be going on with your roundtable character. So uh, that's uh, that's a great example of the kind of emails we like to see, uh, what your characters are getting into. Uh, we also like to hear your voices and um, get some audio feedback. Uh, let's see, emails. Let's see, we, we just haul, uh, heard from Leon there. Great again. Thank you so much, Leon. Let's check in also uh, with Dennis and Michelle. Michelle also wrote us. Uh, we'll check in with Canada and see what Michelle is up to here. Excuse me. I keep grossly drinking on air. Uh, Michelle says, I know you've touched the topic a few times already in the past, but now that you've played quite a lot of Fallout 4, how would you compare your experience in that game to the one in Skyrim? Open world, NPCs, stories, gear, combat, quests, main quest, factions, etc., etc., Oh, goodness sakes. I will try to be there live if Shirley allows me to take a break. Well, gosh, I haven't even seen if uh, anyone is live in the YouTube. <laughs> so Michelle could be watching live. I don't know. Um, yes, Michelle. This is a very deep email, a, lot, a heavy question that... Um, I don't know if I can get into without bouncing my ideas off of the other hosts as well. It is, of course, obvious, at least as far as Fallout 4 is concerned, um, that I like the things that people hate. I like Preston Garvey because people hate on him. He is not nearly as annoying as everyone says. Everyone relax. Preston Garvey's awesome. Um, The open-worldness, I always used to hate the comparison that um, Skyrim and Fallout was just Fallout with Skyrim with guns or Skyrim is Fallout with magic. I never liked that comparison. But to someone who has no idea, like who knows one game really well but not the other, that's kind of an okay place to start, I guess, with a description. Um. I don't know. I just clicked over to YouTube and I see that Michelle is talking to Kara and no one's jumping on. But, oh, wait, Kara's Kara just to jump on. Hey, Kara, what are you doing? Hey, I'm being a creepy creeper. Okay, what's going on? Hey, welcome to the show, Kara. Um, I was just uh, checking in with some emails from Michelle. Did, did you hear the, the email I read? I did, and it looks like Michelle's still in the uh, chat. Nice. Hey, Michelle. Uh, so what, what do you think... Um, You've played a little Skyrim now, have you not? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you compare your two experiences, Fallout versus Skyrim? You know, I'm going to have a different perspective because 
most people started with Skyrim and then did the Fallout, but for me, it's the reverse. I started with Fallout and then did the Skyrim. Um, and honestly, that transition made it pretty easy for me because I had to struggle with trying to figure out how Fallout worked, which was more familiar for people who started with Skyrim, right? Like the interfaces are kind of the same. Yeah, it's it's uh, format-wise a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, but I would still, you know, not necessarily compare the two to each other as equal games. I feel like you have honestly a lot more options in Skyrim than you do in, uh, Fallout, <coughs> excuse me, Fallout. Just like Pat, my allergies are acting up tonight. Yeah. I, they've been hitting <laughs> me too. Yeah. Oh man, um, I guess it's spring. Yeah. The options, uh, as in. Um, it seems to me like there are just like so many different uh, storylines and uh, maybe to me it just seems like there are a whole bunch of factions or, or what have you in uh, Skyrim versus um, Fallout. Uh, how many factions are there in Skyrim? Well, there's four main ones, but then there's a billion just little tiny side little story ones. ones. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool because I'm one of those weirdos who likes side stories. <laughs> Yeah, like because yeah. like they're little bite-sized chunks of like this is also how the world is kind yeah. of thing, and it, it gives you a bit of background and depth to the whole environment. And so for me, I'm loving that whenever it comes to Skyrim, and and of course that's why I like the emails in Fallout Four. I like the context they give to pre-world and oh, the to terminals, yeah, right yeah, up, yeah, right up to the uh, the end, and it's a really really interesting look, and honestly you can do a lot of pretty amazing stuff in just short little bits like that. And it's really cool whenever something happens or I read something that just kind of blows me away. So I think I wouldn't compare the two games as equal, but I would say that they both, um, or I should say not necessarily equal, but like comparable to each other, but I can see similarities. There's lots of parallels as in like the, the books in Skyrim are the terminals in fallout. The lock picking and both is exactly the same. The early since Skyrim fallout four, you know, the, there's, there's lots of stuff in character. They do have like a character creator where you get to do this and that. And your character just kind of gets to go out and do this stuff. You don't necessarily have to go in any specific direction in either game, you know? So, Of course, they're sort of on the similar structure. They're built by the same company. They're developed by the same head director. You know, he, you know, what's his name? Todd Howard has his his thumb all over both of those entities now. So, of of course, they're going to feel sort of similar, right? But sort of similar, yeah. at the same time, um, the menu system in Skyrim is much cleaner, I feel. The Pit Boy is slightly clunky and hard to learn at first. It, it's weird that you have a row of tabs up top, and then each tab has a row of tabs in it. Like <laughs> that was confusing to me at first. It took a while to learn yeah. the Pit Boy. What did you struggle with? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, what did you struggle with um, when you first started playing Fallout? Um, I can't tell if it was my own dumb, but honestly, trying to figure out the workshop. Uh, the workshop menu, it, it was so yeah. counterintuitive to me. Um, and I'm not entirely sure why, because it's been quite some time since I struggled with that. And now once I, you know, I didn't have any friends who were playing it at the time, so I couldn't be like, hey, 
did you figure this out? And I, I looked at a few things online and I tried to read, you know, what people are saying, you know, how to navigate this and that and the other. Um, and I just, I could not figure it out. And finally one day, like something clicked in my dumb brain and I was able to work that out. And yeah, the Pip-Boy was a real adjustment too. Yeah. So that's why I can't tell if it's because I started out with the Fallout interface. That's why the Skyrim interface is so easy for me. Yeah. Or if Skyrim is just more logically structured in terms of that kind of interface and management uh, of inventory and what have you. I wonder what the interface would look like in Fallout 4 if if lore-wise they weren't 100% had to be locked into this Pip-Boy format. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because Skyrim was significantly better than the the pit boy on whatever fallout three or whatever skyrim was just a nice clean menu system go left go right you know versus magic versus um weapons and up to go to your um your skill points and down to your map or whatever you know it's, it's just a really nice clean system whereas the pit boy you're just like flipping over here and there uh oh wait tab left three times and then under left twice (laughs) and i can't find you know it just took a while to learn but um yeah i just it's really i do wonder what it would look like if they didn't have to lore wise because you know fallout every game from now on you'll, you'll have to use the pit boy that is going to be that is your connection to your stats or whatever is your pit boy so yeah, it seemed odd to me that, you know, there's still, yeah, like that further button you have to press uh, just to get to your special stats as well. You know, it didn't make uh, a lot yeah. of sense to me at first. Like, I felt that there... To get to the, the chart, you mean the perk chart? Yeah, it's different yeah, in, yeah. in Skyrim. In Skyrim, I felt like it made more sense uh, yeah, in how yeah, you yeah. access exactly. it versus... Uh, it, it looks like you just kind of whip out a poster out of nowhere and you're just staring at it. Um, uh, it just it has no context, you know? Uh, um, let's see. Open world-wise, are, they, are they the same open world-wise? And NPCs-wise? Yeah, I would say I feel like I get more interaction from NPCs in Skyrim um, and little bits and pieces than I mm-hmm. do in Fallout, mostly because I still haven't come across like fake Preston and it's so many other little things that other people are like, oh yeah, I don't fast travel all the time and I've run into I've run into this guy a hundred times. And then I've, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I've never run into that. But the very first time I play Skyrim, I run into the Headless Horseman. Yeah. And <laughs> I think that hole. I have a theory that they increased the frequency with which the headless horseman spawns in the special edition of skyrim because i had never seen him and i had played you know 1500 hours at least of skyrim like i had played so freaking much skyrim and i'd never ever seen the headless horseman and four hours into the uh first character i made out for uh, the special edition i ran into him and I ran into him again on a on the second character I made, also like level eight. You know, very yeah. early on, I'd run into him twice already. So, I my theory is they they guy? they increased his frequency at which he yeah. spawns. But I don't yeah, know. so I can't compare it to the original Skyrim in that case either because I haven't had any experience with that. But I feel like 
there's a lot more storytelling going on that seems interesting yeah. to me. Skyrim in the NPCs, even that I'm just walking by and that are making idle comments. They feel like they're not so idle because they're also giving a lot of context to the world in terms of like, yeah. you know, mama, is that a soldier or something like that? And then, you know, the mother says something about like what soldiers do or something like that. And to me, it just gives more depth instead of, hey, Jimmy, I told you not to come back here no more. Or something like that. That doesn't happen anywhere in the game. Yeah. <laughs> anywhere. But do you, like, Do you find yourself reading all the books and scrolls and stuff in Skyrim? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that so much. Yeah. And, uh, is one system better than the other terminals versus books? Um, with books, it takes me back to a lot of my old RPG days when, you know, you would look at, uh, and I'm talking like 8-bit uh, scroller, 16-bit or what have you. Um, and, you know, you, you come across like a little tome or this or that or the other and you use the action button on it and you read it. So for me, that kind of feels comfortable and um, natural to me. And, and of course, I just love reading books in general. Um, and it makes it absorbing the lore like a lot easier for me because it makes sense for these to be written down in tomes. Mm-hmm. But when you're, <laughs> I felt a little bad the first couple of times when I was looking through people's computers and their terminals, emails. even if they're long dead, because I feel kind of like a total... <laughs> creeper yeah. just like i'm just trolling through all your personal emails <laughs> whatever those people have been dead for 200 years who cares i know i know it just still it feels a little weird of, of yeah. course i never feel bad whenever i go through raider terminals yeah, or whatever who cares because, erase you know, erase them. their game screw yeah. them <laughs> yeah. but it just I think it's, I don't know, maybe because of the email format, you know, it's yeah. it's less... It's tougher, maybe. Yeah. Because books yeah. are specifically written for historical purposes. Emails are not written mm-hmm. to present history, but they have to be formatted in the Fallout universe to be historical representation of a time period. But they, they can't in an email just say, and this is what happened. In Skyrim, they can in their book like but in the terminals they have to present it in a form like oh wait this is an active conversation between two people and that's how we have to tell the narrative story of what was happening back then so yeah. they do have that limitation that is a good point um yeah. how about gear wise um i currently understand um the fallout gear way better than i do skyrim gear so yeah. for me i'm not sure i can talk about that in too much depth but um I really like my power armor, so oh, <laughs> I don't know see, if there's an equivalent in Skyrim. I think that is. I think that's unique with our group, though. I think you're the only one of the uh, four hosts who really, really enjoy power armor a lot. Yeah. So that's always an interesting perspective. I, I never hear about power armor very much. Yeah, I know that it's pretty clunky, and oh my god, it's so annoying whenever it rains and it just. It's on shows your face shield. The, yeah, the face shield. It's just absolutely stupid. Um. And, but when you're wearing glasses, it doesn't show up like that on your vision. Yeah. So. And why am I standing underneath the roof of the Red Rocket garage and it's raining outside, but uh-huh. I'm under the roof and it's still hitting my visor? Yeah, What's up with yeah. that? Huh? Yeah. That's dumb. <laughs> and the one thing I found remarkable about Fallout is that not many people that I know really love to use the power armor, yet... It is the iconic imagery which is used to present the game. That and the Fallout Boy thumbs up is 
are the two images that you see used to market the series. Yet, most players that I know hate the power armor. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've heard a, a lot of different reasons as to why people dislike the power armor. For me, I um, I'm always super conscientious of my health, except when I'm playing Dead is Dead and I'm not in power armor because <laughs> yeah. I'm used to playing in power armor and not on survival mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little brutal. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I set myself up to fail with that. Um, and I don't know, like it, to me, it feels like I'm way more powerful in the armor, even though it limits me. You know, in terms of some agility, I think. And, cha-chunk, 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 yeah, to chunk, to chunk, yeah. Like it is absolutely ridiculous how sometimes the enemy just can't hear you. It's like I literally yeah. just made. I sound like a, a diesel giant, truck. Yeah, like <laughs> that, there's no way I'm sneaking up on you, and yet here we are. Yeah, I find <laughs> that there should be even more. You should get more damage resistance than they give you i think i don't think that the power armor you're wearing a tank around you yeah why is the why are these uh pipe pistols damaging me at all they should not be damaging me i'm wearing a steel tank around me especially with how little power like you can only rank up a a pipe pistol so much and there's no way that they have great mods every single one of them those stupid raiders and super mutants their pipe pistols should just bounce off of me. They should dent it, maybe, but they shouldn't be able to destroy my power armor. That is that is dumb. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh um yeah, but I don't use power armor much. Uh the as far as the mechanics of the whole thing go, I I was really well versed in Skyrim with how the mechanics of all the gear works in there. I'm only you know, I've played a bunch of hundreds of hours of, of Fallout four now, but I still feel like I'm learning how the mechanics of the gear works as far as legendary items are concerned and like swapping the mods between different pieces of armor where you can have like items of armor, but they all have different perks, not perks, different uh, buffs on their armor. And you can like remove those mods and pile them in your inventory and then get one piece of armor and then take all those mods and all put them all at once onto one better piece of armor of the same kind or something like that. You know, like I'm still kind of learning how that whole system works. I feel like I'm getting a better grasp of that now, but it just seems like other people, Oh yeah, I just hop on. This is how it works. Okay, cool. Fine. I know how that goes. And I'm just like, wait, <laughs> I have to play so many hours to get used to something to learn how the yeah. system actually works, you know? Yeah, it it really depends a lot on the user interface for for a lot of different, you know, that's why some games it's really easy to kind of adapt and others not so much. Um, And I think Bethesda is very comfortable with doing its own thing. (laughs) So uh, they're going to just keep doing what they want to do. Combat? Which is fine. Combat. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's more realistic in Skyrim because like you said, you know... (laughs) Yeah, because Not dragons are totally real. To dead eye. Yeah, <laughs> it makes more. Well, it makes more sense whenever you're you're in close quarters with someone and they're swinging an axe at you and you're swinging back at them, for them to be able to deal that kind of damage. Yeah, but for yeah. someone far away, you know, it, it, it amazes me 
how good of a shot so many uh, enemies are. It it just absolutely baffles me. Yeah. Um, I like in in Skyrim. It's I feel like it's a very satisfying attack technique method to do a constant spray of magic that I just don't feel like you get with any of the weapons in Fallout. Oh yeah, no. And even if you did, like like say the submachine gun, that's a pretty constant flow. Like it's not a lot of damage it's, to that. I, I just I don't well the flamer I think maybe also does sort of a similar like constant flow thing, but there's mm. just something different about casting the flames from your hands on a constant like you know, just like a you know, it's a solid fifteen second blast of fire at something. Yeah. I don't I don't know why. Yeah. But I do enjoy the magic in Skyrim that is a constant um, blast instead of a, a firing multiple projectiles, like back to back mm. to back. I don't yeah, know like why. Constant buffs or constant uh, attack spells ready to go? Yeah. Well, just, you know, like fire, the flames spell, for instance, is a constant, like, uh, just one beam of fire coming out of your hand, whereas the fireball spell shoots, like, projectiles of like fire like bam 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 instead of like one constant stream i don't know why but i find the constant stream more satisfying even though i think it you know it definitely does less damage in that instance but i just i like that style of combat and this if you want to really get into the whole psychology of it too i it took me a while to get into fallout because i am slightly uncomfortable with guns i was raised in a quaker household and a pacifist uh, family and guns. I mean, I actually had guns in my house, but they were like hunting rifles. There were no like, um, you know, like handguns and, and AK 47, you know, like automatic rifles and stuff. You, but you grew up in gun culture land and were you a military kid too? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so you, you probably shot guns a lot growing up, right? Uh, shotguns. Uh, <laughs> Actually, not really. No. Uh, I think it was just one handgun, probably a pistol, yeah. uh, probably in the family safe. Although, uh, in recent years, the gun collection has grown. Oh, so. right. uh, yeah. The stockpiling. Pretty, pretty <laughs> much. Ready. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, no, but like, see, I don't know. It, it, it just took me a little bit to get into Fallout, and, and I've never really played many shooter games in general like yeah. uh uncharted do you consider that a shooter i don't know i it, wouldn't consider that a shooter yeah it's but... like it's like indiana jones modernized a little bit or something yeah and i mean we've talked about like the what constitutes a shooter game yeah exactly uh, and, you know what constitutes you know like it's more appropriate to say like it's an rpg shooter blah 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 kind of thing rather than just categorize it into one shooter, category yeah. Like there, there are so many different games that fit so many different categories. Yeah, it's impossible cross to cross genres. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I feel like I've always loved apocalyptic stories and post-apocalyptic stories, oh, nice. even though like some of it is absolutely awful. Do you um, have any uh, favorite books or movie examples of uh, good apocalyptic stories? I read I Am Legend, uh, and I thought that was pretty cool, but I also really liked the way they changed things for the movie. I wouldn't say it's like my favorite favorite, but it's just a really good example that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, And I also like that they filmed two different – I love when movies film two different endings 
Um, and they both make sense. Like when one ending makes absolutely no sense, then I think it's pointless. I, I had um, no idea any of that. I didn't know that they changed the book a good deal. I didn't know that they filmed two different endings. Oh, yeah. And it was the same thing for, um, oh, gosh, what was that movie Brad Pitt was in with all the zombies? Z Nation. Yeah. Completely different than the book. Completely different. Because the book is post all of that. Like, I think about like 20 years post that or 10 years post the zombie uh, uprising, for lack of a better term right now. As Um, as told by memory or whatever. Yeah, like it, it was. It, it's interviews of a, a several different people from around the world and how they handled the uh, zombie apocalypse in their case, or um, either during, uh, at the beginning of it, or during it, or you know, shortly before the end of it. And it, it was a whole bunch of really cool different perspectives. If you haven't read it, please read it. It's really, really good. Well, um, they had to tell it through Brad Pitt's eyes. He is so dreamy. So dreamy. <laughs> yeah, that's what got me to go. No. <laughs> I, <laughs> that that I, one I shot in the in the preview, the trailer where all the zombies are like ants crawling on top of each other to to breach the wall. Yeah. That, that's what that's got me pre- to go in the preview. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, cuz it kind of makes sense. Like it, it's I love when we can still find different twists to put on things when they make sense anyway. When when um, did it, when did it happen that zombies were okay to be agile and 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 quick again? <laughs> I, I don't remember was that um 28 days later or something? I, I think so. I think someone yeah, at one point I don't remember. When did zombies the, become quick? Like now, now they're, you know, that, cause that actually makes them almost sort of half scared. I, I'm not into this whole zombie craze. I like, I'm not into the walking dead. And so I think zombies are way overrated as a, as a foe, a monster. I think in the, in the, in the, the pantheon of monsters, zombies are, you know, way down yeah. the list, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I think it is better now that they're quick. That does make them legitimately, you know, scary mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah that's it's pretty cool when it's but it's also like in the walking dead for example like for the most part they're pretty slow yeah you're um, right in that show but yeah. the fact that they're they can go a little faster but just not i, I don't think indefinitely i'm not sure well um, in fallout 4 the the feral ghouls are fast as shit and they like duck down when you try to shoot at them and then they like it seems like they jump up and do the splits real quick as you try to shoot you're like hey why the fuck did you do that yeah an aerial 360 or yeah, something like, like he just jumped over my head did a backward flip and kicked me in the head i'm done yeah that to me they're the worst in yeah. this game because they just they pop up out of nowhere silently and then suddenly something screaming in your face yeah so what and do you do more often than not startles me what's your uh what's your course of action when one of those situation pops up like that spray and pray spray and pray i'll Look, be honest like that's I a can't. <laughs> is that is that uh, when you buy it is it an explosive shotgun or rifle i don't remember Oh no! I mean, like just whatever weapon I literally have in my oh, hand. Oh, I thought you I'm meant specifically firing the, uh... it off. Because <laughs> cricket no, does I, sell I... a weapon called spray and pray, right? There is a weapon called spray and pray. Yeah, yeah. I, I forget if it's um, a shotgun or rifle, but it has the explosive effect to it. Uh, yeah, I like to carry a a melee weapon for those situations because I feel like 
with vats and melee those close quarters scenario like they're too fast for me to like be able to twitch hit them like they just dodge and stuff like i'm not very good at that but uh yeah i like to use vats because i can you know with vats the, you'll hit them they'll it'll lock on for you and i'm not very good at aiming at stuff um but uh, let's see. What else did Michelle say here? Let's see. Open world combat. Uh, Quests-wise, I think uh, Skyrim. You know, just their, the sheer breadth of quest in the game, I think, is probably tenfold Fallout 4. I don't, I, you know, I can't say that with any accuracy. But, uh, you know, yeah. Skyrim was um, a pretty groundbreaking in the whole Radiant quest, the thing, the way they would structure the quest so things would lead to each other and you could... Uh, get all the npcs with all the different stories yeah you're right uh but still you know Fallout's still good i don't know why lee i don't know why michelle is making us compare these two games like it's a competition or something what's he yeah, doing michelle, here? what's up with you um, Come on. the main quest well um a lot of people say fallout 4 has really limitations with this main quest because it gives you an identity and it doesn't let you form your own mm-hmm. character yeah i think i think if uh, Fallout had just been kind of straight up like, hey, like you're not really gonna. This is kind of a guided storyline, not completely, but like yeah. it's it starts off at a certain point, and there will be motivations, and it it will, you know, inform kind of what goes on. Uh, instead of just you know trying to cast it as like, well, you know, I mean, it's it's open world and so on and so forth. Well, yeah, to a degree, but you're also starting us off with something that's I, when you started off with Skyrim, it was just literally absolute chaos and you just get you got two choices um follow one guy or follow the other and it just starts off this it just feels so much more open to me like anything can happen but with with fallout 4 it feels like um there's kind of an invisible line that you're trying to follow which isn't bad i mean i've played games where you have absolutely no choice in you know what you're you say or you do you know you're just playing the characters uh pretty much all you have control over is maybe moving around a map or and or battle (laughs) and so it's not bad it's just to pretend like it has as much freedom as any other rpg uh that or an rpg like skyrim is is to be false yeah but it's not it's not super limiting it is annoying though because well especially because the the game itself it's like just like the email you were reading earlier like hey i just told you all these things about you know where you might be able to find your child but hey instead of doing that can you please go do this this and that for me i think that it would be very urgent to go looking for the sun right right away but there are so many things that slow you up on the way and there's so much to do. And, and yeah. like, if you followed, I feel if you followed every single quest only that led you to Sean, you wouldn't be anywhere leveled up or built up enough to where you want to be by that time. One of my ideas for the next Dead is Dead, or maybe not Dead is Dead, but the next uh, survival mode challenge would be mm-hmm. to try to complete the main quest with as little experience points as possible, as little, like you know as little uh, level as possible like see how how young you can be or whatever by the time you you finish the game i I don't know i thought that would be interesting that'd be cool yeah um 
Okay, so what else? He had one last thing here, Michelle. Uh, factions wise, um, actually, I, I think they're both great. They both have four distinct, cool, different factions that are uh, well distinguished. They all have really cool, different backgrounds. I think that it's really neat in Fallout Four how those four different factions interact with each other. In Skyrim, you don't have the Dark Brotherhood now wants to kill the companions. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's fun that the Institute hates the Brotherhood and the Brotherhood hates the Railroad and the Railroad just kind of hates everybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do like that. I, I like the way the factions are set up in Fallout. I really do. Yeah, so I... I the factions are all great, but the Fallout might have the the better interactions between. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that, between cool. the yeah, it's, it's because... written into the main storyline where it is not in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because from what I've seen, it's also mostly talk about you know the Storm's cloaks versus the Imperials, right? Yeah, that's the other. See, that's another thing about Skyrim is there are basically the main storyline and the main storyline B. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's the Civil War whole thing that's going on as well. Whereas you can actually kind of ignore it, which I did on the most recent Skyrim Roundtable season. I basically didn't pay any attention to the Civil War at all, which I'd never done before. So, it, you know, it was actually kind of interesting to see how the game reacted with, uh, you know, people trying to recruit me constantly. I hadn't uh, <laughs> joined either side. So it was, it was kind of fun to do it that way, too. But that, that's pretty cool, too, because uh, when you think about it, if there is a major conflict going on, it's like, well, you're either with them or you're with us. And, oh, my God, yeah, you haven't true. already joined yet? Well, no, yeah. come on, come on, we've you got cookies. To, well, no, well, come on, come on, we've got great beer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, in Skyrim, it's more like, no, you have to prove yourself to us. And the other team's like, no, you have to prove yourself to us. And like, no, you have to go do us a favor. And it's like, no, they have to go do us a favor. <laughs> They have to go on uh, this fetch quest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Michelle, I don't know. That, that's just a Karen and I quick, I would say quick breakdown, but that actually, we talked about that for a good long while. Uh, so thanks for the uh, the topic, Michelle. Uh, good email, sir. Um, we have um, a hot topic going around in the Facebook group, Kara. This whole, would you rather battle one death cloth sized duck or 100 duck-sized death claws uh, conversation going on. So um, uh, Dennis has written in with an opinion. Uh, do you have any sort of opinion on this thing? Hell yeah. I would rather fight a uh, death claw-sized duck because, number one, it's a giant target. <laughs> yeah. Number two, it's got a really soft underbelly. Yeah, it's a duck. Uh, and <laughs> number three... I've seen gremlins, okay? Like, I know what happens when you've got a whole bunch of very dangerous pointy teeth thing running, things yeah, running yeah, around exactly. at your feet, you know, ankle, side, ankle height or shin height. Like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> I, I, that is not, not an ideal situation for me. So I would rather fight one giant target. And the other question is, does the duck have the temperament of a death claw or a duck? Hmm. Because if I'm it is a sure. death claw-sized duck... Whatever, I'll, I'll throw out some bread scraps and it'll just leave me alone. <laughs> That's true. But let's say let's say the reason you have to fight it is because it's picked a fight with you 
for some reason. Okay, like it so too close to its nest or something. Do you want to dig into it? What is a duck's um, attack methods? How does a duck defend itself in nature if it is attacked uh, something? I mean, it's really weird, though, because they've got rounded bills, so it's not like they hurt all that much. Yeah. Um, they don't peck. Do they bite? Do they snip? I hear geese will pinch and bite really hard. Geese, do do yeah, ducks? Yeah. Do ducks do a similar action? I think so. Yeah. I think that's probably what they are, do. Are, a lot of are, the bills, are the bills textured in any way that would <laughs> cause abrasions? <laughs> the fallout feed asking the real questions here. Are duck bills um, <laughs> abrasion causing? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they're pretty smooth. But if it's like a death claw sized duck, imagine it's like two slabs of table coming at you. So, yeah, it's blunt, but it's thick and it's going to hurt. <laughs> um, are there any like toenails on those webbed feet? Are, is there anything scary down there? I think all, they end in almost like points, but not like super sharp points. Hmm. I'm really trying to find something dangerous about this animal guys <laughs> will it quack extremely loudly in my ear to disorient me and or deafen and blind somehow like a, a concussion grenade like will it will it quack loudly probably i mean they're tiny and that you can hear them for quite a distance so it'll probably okay, be okay. pretty loud so we could have a sonic attack of some sort okay i'm with you there I mean, they eat fish, so they are meat eaters to a degree. Ducks um, eat fish. Okay. Okay. I think I think they'll go after mostly fleshy stuff in the water. So I would say that you could be in danger of being, you know, like just in one fell swoop, it just shoves you in, in its mouth and down you go. Because uh, they don't have teeth, so they don't chew. So you go straight into the gullet where the acid is. Or do they have gizzards? Because gizzards hurt. Gizzards are very sharp. I don't know. Is that things. a chicken thing? Do, is that all fowl? Is that all I poultry? I feel like it's probably a lot of fowl, if not all fowl. Yeah. Turkeys have turkeys have them. Yeah. I don't know. So, do ducks have gizzards? Do they have abrasive bills? Do they have any sort of scratchy device on them toes? Oh, man. I don't know, Kara. I'm... Also, here's the question. Would you rather... It's basically, yeah. would, you, would you rather fight a manatee or a hundred piranhas? You know, like that's, I feel like that is a similar question. Yeah, I would attack. I would fight the the, the manatee, manatee every the fucking time. Yeah, the piranhas move fucking fast. Yeah, too. that's what like, I'm imagining about little death claws. That's exactly yeah. the scenario. Little death claws. Not only will they kill me, but it'll be death by fifty thousand bites. You know, it could be quick or it could be extremely slow, but it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. Maybe okay, so. Just look up duck feet, and it looks like they do, or many. Types of ducks do have like claw. Oh, okay. Protrusions. Okay, so if it was like maybe a glowing legendary duck, then it could have maybe some poison damage on those little claws. Yeah. 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 Okay, I'm starting to see where this could be dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Okay, now I'm looking at duck bills. <laughs> okay, are they abrasive in any fashion? Do they have it looks teeth? Smooth are they? As 
fuck. <laughs> like, no duck teeth. Damn. They do, like, they do, it depends on the duck. It depends on the duck. So we'd have to narrow down the breed here. Um, but some of them have a, a slightly hooked protrusion on the edge or the very tip of their bill. But Okay, okay. It's really, it looks, it still looks pretty blunt. Hmm. But, yeah, the claws could be a problem. Okay. Do ducks have gizzards? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like they do. Oh, hey. Um, sorry, Michelle uh, chimed in a little bit on the YouTube page. Um, he says he likes the uh, connections between the different terminals and notes, uh, but so many people collect them, though, bizarre, even though the bugs hurt you. Not in competition, really, but I was interested to hear your thoughts and feelings uh, about, you know, our whole Skyrim versus Fallout. Uh, that's one of the main weaknesses in Skyrim, he says. You can be the boss of every faction, and there are no interactions between them. So he does see that as a weakness as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like how Fallout interacts, and I will always prefer one on one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks for uh, hanging out, Michelle. Sorry, Kara. What were you? What were you saying before? I so rudely interrupted. Oh, don't worry about it. Like duck bills. <laughs> we were talking about painful duck. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm remembering how gizzards work. It's not the gizzard itself. Oh, we were that, talking like, about gizzards. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, that was that doesn't bad. hurt itself so much as the ones who do use who do use their gizzards as a method of chewing. They put in bits of stone or grit and it hangs there in that gizzard and it helps to D- act digest as teeth or something right to yeah. break down yeah that that's where their so they do- teeth okay. would be ah so ducks have no use for teeth because they do have gizzards yeah but that's a weird evolution thing like how the hell would it's it's weird like in order to chew my food i am going to have to swallow dirt you know, like stones and, and sand and whatnot. Like, that's weird. Did you say evolution? God, God created gizzards because that <laughs> makes the most sense, Kara. Come on. God was drunk on that day. He was like, yeah, rocks in their fucking throats. That makes the most sense, jerks. <laughs> Do it. But how does it stay in the gizzard and not fall into the I don't stu- care. Just draw it up, Nancy. This is what we're doing. Roll <laughs> all the birds, fucking rocks in their throats. Created. <laughs> Boom. Okay, sorry about that. Now I, let's I, move I, on to the platypus. Like, <laughs> that motherfucker's dangerous. Don't they have poison claws? They do. Uh, poison. Something. Spit or. A bite. Arr. I bet you it's, it's got to be their bite, right? They have they have textured abrasive bills. Now, okay, change the argument from duck to platypus, and you have a much more interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah, they have okay platypi or platypuses, however you say it, uh, have, and it's only the males it seems have a pointed spur located just above the heel of each oh, nice. hind leg. Which the can hind be legs? Wow. That's yeah. interesting that it's the hind legs, not the, the attacking front ones. So it seems like they would get into a uh, protective position on their back and attack with their back legs like cats would or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Those cats, you get them on their back, they're fucking dangerous. Uh-huh. I've been kicked by cats several times over. Like, that's, oh, that's no joke. Like, that can bruise you. A death claw-sized cat, it's over. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Either appease it with lots of tuna or just walk away. 
Oh God. Oh, okay. Um, so let's check in with Dennis here. Dennis says, I'm not sure I un- I'm understanding the question properly. Dennis says, the question as I understand it, would you rather fight one duck-sized deathclaw or one deathclaw-sized duck? No, it's not one deathclaw-sized duck. It's 100. 100 deathclaw. No. One, no, 100 yeah. duck-sized deathclaws. See, uh, Dennis says, I was raised in the city and don't have a vast knowledge on duck behavior. But my, <laughs> my money is on the deathclaw-sized duck. From what I've seen, ducks tend to be pretty passive, so enlarging a passive creature I don't feel would make it inherently more dangerous. You can shrink down a death claw and it will still be bonkers as shit. I think it, <laughs> I think it goes back to the old it's not the size of the man in the fight, but it's the size of the fight and the man thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and yeah. I think I think that's even a better I still think that's a better question. Okay, in the conversation, one death claw sized duck versus one hundred uh, duck sized death claws. That's of course you you do not want to fight those uh, one hundred death claws. That is of course more dangerous than one death claw sized duck. Of course, mm-hmm. but in the conversation, one duck sized death claw versus one death claw sized duck. One on one, that's one a more on interesting one. conversation as well. Yeah, and you know that takes us back to the whole duck temperament kind of thing. And you know, from what I think, it's kind of like dogs and cats; like different breeds have different temperaments, and it, it depends on the damn duck we're talking about. Um, yeah, see, I don't know anything. I am not an entomologist, or is that bird? No. What is what is bird? I have no. Ornithologist? Ornithologist. Yeah, I'm not an ornithologist at all, so I I, I have no idea. Um, if you any ornithologist in the in the in the group, go ahead and hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know duck behavior, different species of ducks, all Let of us your know your research the worst notes, combination your, your of senior duck thesis on duck behavior. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> we're we're highly interested. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, so that's it. Uh, thanks for writing in, uh, Dennis. Uh, Pat has lots of very valuable opinions about this conversation as well that we'll have to check in with Pat uh, when he gets on. Um, but yeah, that's uh, uh, a conversation that's been going around the uh, Facebook group there. <laughs> uh, so, Carol, would you like to hop into our next segment of the show? Uh, we have part two of King of the Bunker Hill. Would you like to uh, check in with that? Hell Yeah. Right, I'm so, on the edge of my seat. Nice. So uh, just a reminder, King of the Bunker Hill is like our King of the Hill style trivia challenge here at the Fallout Feed. What we do is we just ask five questions of two participants, and whoever gets the most questions gets to come back the next week and defend their title and stay King of the Hill. And, you know, Bunker Hill is one of the locations in Fallout 4, so we're doing a, a cute little wink and nod, King of the Bunker Hill. And each, uh, each time you win, we have a... Um, Funko mini mystery vinyl figure uh, that comes in those little black sealed bags. So you can't tell which one you get and you open it. It's, a, it's, you know, it's a fun little mini mystery. So each time you win, uh, we will send you a, uh, a little mini mystery figure. And uh, the first week, Lee was victorious. Uh, so Lee, congratulations. We'll be sending one of those off to you very soon. Uh, but, you know, we'll send them all at once. 
so I don't have to send over and over and pay different, uh, you know, shipping prices <laughs> and stuff. So uh, Lee will uh, be participating again this week. So uh, Lee, congratulations. Yeah. And you will be uh, going up against Michelle this week in the King of the Bunker Hill Trivia Challenge. Uh, so let's uh, let's go ahead and check in and see where we go with Lee and Michelle. Live from Vault 97, it's the King of the Bunker Hill Quiz Show Challenge. It's the show where contestants compete to come back week after week to see Funko Mystery Minifigures Brought to you by The Fallout Feed And ASA Podcasting And now Your host Susan Ladies and gentlemen, it is once again time to find out who is the wittiest in all the wasteland. It is once again time for King of the Bunker Hill, proudly brought to you by the Fallout Feed and ASA Podcasting. Today we have last week's winner, Lee, and a brand new challenger, Michelle. Greetings. Hi. Hello, Michelle. Excellent. Okay, Lee, uh, you did. Care uh, if you're still on? Uh, we have a special request from uh, the Peanut Gallery over on YouTube that you answer these uh, questions. So before each one, I will ask Kara if uh, she can answer these questions. <laughs> so uh, hang on, let me. I I forget what the questions are. Uh, so actually, we can let Susan ask the question, then we'll let you answer, and then we'll let the contestant answer. Okay. All right. All right pretty stonking victory last week i might say congratulations on that one again thank you and how are you feeling this time michelle a different competitor potentially a bit more challenging we shall see okay and so we've got our new contestant michelle how are you this evening i'm fine and you i am in excellent spirits uh tell us a little bit about yourself michelle whereabouts are you from I'm from Quebec, Canada. Ooh, exciting. And so I, I know where Canada is, but whereabouts is Quebec? It's a bit fuzzy. Oh, it's an eastern province. Right uh, near Ontario. It? Oh, Ontario is still there. Excellent. Good to know. I hope the radiation is not too bad up in the Great White North. But uh, obviously, if it is, I can uh, clean the studio later. So... Let's uh, get right down to it. So, as is custom here at King of the Bunker Hill, the winner of the previous week does get to go first. So, I'm going to ask you, Michelle, to hop into our little soundproof booth here and put your headphones on so you can't hear Lee's answers. So, if you just do that for me now and uh, give me a little nod when you're ready to go. Okay. Okay. I think we are all good here. Yes, Michelle is giving me the nod from the soundproof booth, Lee. So, are you ready to begin your second king of the Bunker Hill quiz round? Ready to go. Okay. Question one. What does GOAT stand for? So, Kara, do you understand the question? What does GOAT stand for? 
I do, and I don't remember. All I can think of is greatest of all time, and I know that's not what it means in this case. That's awesome that you said greatest of all time. That's because <laughs> that is the the acronym that I know. Yeah. When, when I first heard it, I was like, greatest of all time? What the hell does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I remember hearing it like once or twice, but I mean, isn't that mentioned only starting in like Fallout 2? I have no idea. It's uh, I think it's in three. I don't know if it's in New Vegas or not, but yeah. I, I believe well, it's, it's in three. It's definitely not in four, and that's the only one I've played. It, it, is, it is in four. four it is. Counted. Yeah, it's in. Um, God, what's that place called? It is. It is Covenant? in four, but it's not. It is in Covenant. You're right, but it's oh, not part God. of the main quest, so you don't necessarily have to run into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've never gone to Covenant. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's let's uh, check in with Lee here. What does G-O-A-T stand for? I want to say Generalized Occupational Aptitude Test. That is correct. Well done. We are one for one. I live for acronyms. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone loves a good acronym. Okay, question two. What item serves as the MacGuffin in Fallout New Vegas? Have you played Fallout New Vegas? Oh, no, I have not. Uh, I'm going to guess uh, a Vendertron, but I don't think they're in New Vegas. I, I think I think there's Vendertrons in New Vegas. I, I know, maybe not. I don't know. I haven't played it either, so I don't know. What the hell am I talking about? I don't know. The only reason I know this is because of Pat's... Um, Let's play. Let's play. Yeah. yeah, I'm so far behind on that. Uh, so I will mark you off on that one, and we will continue on. See how Lee does. Okay, let's see. GI Joe told me what a MacGuffin was. Uh, <laughs> Fallout New Vegas. Wow. Take care. Feel free to take a random guess. So. I appreciate this there's, is a tricky one. Something in a uh, uh, there's a casino section. It might even be a DLC. I don't recall. And there, you're, there's a goal there, and I, I just flat out do not remember what it was. So you are you are sort of close with casino, so you can think of things that involve casinos. Oh, the uh, might... the platinum chip, perhaps. Uh, yeah. The what's the the but, what kind of platinum chip? Platinum. Poker chip. That is correct. Well done, Lee. Two for two. Platinum poker chip. Question. That sounds awesome. Pat's uh, recent Let's Play audios. Oh, excellent. I'm glad we've got some friends out there helping you. Okay, question (laughs) three. Name the sharpshooter met at the dinosaur sculpture in Fallout New Vegas. Um... Dead eye. Oh. Dead eye. If it's a sharpshooter, I'm yeah, gonna it's, just. <laughs> it's tough since you've not played the game. Yeah, and I don't think that's right. Uh, what is your final answer going to be, Lee? I don't have one because I know it's not Deacon either. It starts with a D. That's all I can remember. Okay, so that is unfortunately, that is incorrect. So we are, you know, two for three. 
So we're now going to move on to question four. She'll reveal the answer the location, later, I guess. The location Dunwich Borers <laughs> in Fallout 4 is a reference to a story written by whom? Oh. Oh. No, not Orson Welles. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft? Oh, good job, Kara. That's really awesome. Yes! I got one! <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Good job. H.P. Lovecraft. Wonderful. Um, gosh, I don't know if I, I probably would not have gotten that had I before, you know, started playing Fallout 4. Yeah, me neither. I, I, I doubt that. I, but no, that's good. Good poll, though. Good job. Yeah. Right, let's see what Lee says here. Uh, a horror guy. Uh, <laughs> Stephen King uh, from New England. Oh, Stephen King. Any ideas, Lee? I know I've heard various places, but I I'm pretty sure I haven't read any of his stuff either. Let's see. I feel free to take a wild guess. Um. Oh, I can think is Albert Hitchcock. I know that's right. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. One more go to give me a final answer. Come on, Lee. You can she do this. She gives them way too many chances. <laughs> I'm be a stickler. No, I'm blank. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That is absolutely fine. You are, you know, two out of four. It's pretty good. So we're now moving on to question five. Which Fallout Four follower? was involved in local politics as a child. Local politics as a child. Does the question make sense? See, really, in order to know what this question means, you would have had to also play Fallout 3. Uh, oh, 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 um, McCready. Very good. Good job, Kara. <laughs> what have you gotten it eventually had I not given you that hint? Pretty much, if you had not given me that hint, it wouldn't have even occurred to me. But it makes sense now. Yeah. Um, considering he was like what the little lamplight. Yeah, or he was. He like was the mayor of Little Lamplight, which I, you know, that sounds adorable, but I have no idea what that actually means because I haven't played the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I that sounds it like a town like, of kids, right? Like I read this on a wiki about him because I just I was wanting to know more about his character, and it just it was all there. So that's the only yeah. reason I know this. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Good poll care. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Good let's hint. let's see if uh, let's see if Lee goes here. Uh, you meet him in Good Neighbor. Mm-hmm. He's the he's kind of a ranger type guy because he was in uh, Little Lamplight, I think. So you are along the right lines. I imagine he has a name. <laughs> he, he does. He does, in fact, have a name. He was suitably christened. Uh, I even have a figurine of him. <laughs> I'm going to have to hurry you along a little bit there, Lee. Yes, I'm sure. <clears throat> Fortunately, our I've audience... A, yeah, I've drawn another blank. Oh, that is a shame. Okay. So... Yeah, that is two for five. 
So we were, uh, as I said, the answers you got wrong, I can tell you them now because we still, uh, Michelle is still in the booth. So the sharpshooter you meet at the dinosaur sculpture is Boone. Uh. The location Dunwich Borers in Fallout 4 is a reference to a story written by H.P. Lovecraft. Lovecraft. And the Fallout 4 follower who was involved in local politics as a child, you were certainly right. He did come from Little Lamplight. And that is McCready. McCready, okay. Okay. So, two for five. Not bad. Let's see how Michelle fares. So, can we just get Michelle back into the studio, please? Let's give Lee a big round of applause because I think he's done exceptionally well. You know, he's, he's a returning champion, so he deserves some respect for that. So, a uh, big, big round of applause. Okay, Michelle, are you uh, all happy to be back with us? Yeah. Okay, I can't tell you how Lee has done, but I will be honest, it's not going to be easy for you. So, without further ado, let's begin your first foray into the world of King of the Bunker Hill quizzing. Question one. What does GOAT stand for? And by GOAT, I mean G-O-A-T as opposed to the animal. Hmm. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, t- take a wild guess. You've got four letters to play with there. Overseer. Okay. Any nope. just no, nope, nothing, nothing coming into the old noggin. Nope. Okay, Don't that is <laughs> that's absolutely fine. We will swiftly move on to question two, which is what item serves as the MacGuffin in Fallout New Vegas. What item serves as the MacGuffin in Fallout New Vegas? MacGuffin. Is that kind of a McDonald's? We have McDonald's here? It is a device sort of to drive the plot that's not necessarily the whole point of the plot. No idea. Okay, I was was a little bit helpful with, uh, with Lee on this one, so I'll give you a little bit of help too. It involves going to the casino. Oh, the casino chip, the okay, platinum to... chip. Okay, what 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 was a bit more specific than that? But you're, yeah, that is absolutely kind of right. But I just need the full answer. I need the full name of it. What was uh, what was it a chip for? For Mister Hunt. Was there a game that was it was associated with? A casino platinum chip. Okay, I tell you, what, I'll give you. Platinum chip. It's the platinum poker chip. But I think we'll we'll take we'll take that for you. Oh, poker. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, question three. Yeah, and name he, he the speaks sharpshooter. Yeah. Meet at the dinosaur sculpture in Fallout New Vegas. Boom. Is correct. Okay, two out of three at this point. Okay. The location Dunwich Borers in Fallout 4 is a reference to a story written by whom? H.P. Lovecraft. That is correct. Okay, we are three out of four at this stage. Okay, and question five. Which Fallout 4 follower was involved in local politics as a child? Piper. 
Is that your final answer? Oh, cool politic. Oh no, that's the uh, the kid from uh, Fallout Three. Oh, what's his name? Going to hurry a little bit. No, I'm afraid that is. Okay, the charisma creedy gives you three out of five in that round, which makes you the winner. So I am sorry, Lee. You are unfortunately not victorious in this round, but let's uh, congratulate Michelle for uh, being the victorious winner in this particular week's uh, events. Uh, so everyone, let's give uh, let's give uh, Michelle a round of support. applause. Ooh. I'm sorry, Lee. How do you? Woo, woo, woo. I bought your superior <laughs> intellect. <laughs> and how do you feel, Michelle? Are you very thrilled to be winning your new Funko figure? I'm very surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is excellent. Of course, the fantastic prize could not be possible without our sponsors, the Fallout Feed and ASA Podcasting. So next week, Michelle, you shall be joining us against a brand new competitor. And that is all we've got time for this week. So I am going to say goodbye to everyone out there and stay safe in the wasteland. Thank you for listening to this edition of the King of the Bunker Hill Quiz Show Challenge brought to you by the Fallout Feed and ASA Podcasting. Join Susan next time to see who will win the coveted Funko Mystery Minifigures and be crowned King of the Bunker Hill! Oh, that's fun. That is so much fun. Okay. All right. Okay. That was a tough, that was really tough. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, great. Uh, thanks again, hosting uh, Susan, all the way from Vault 97 over there. Everyone check out the uh, West Vault Radio podcast at vault97.com. Uh, you'll find lots of fun stuff from Susan and her cohorts down there in Vault 97, all the, her army of robot broadcasters. They're always up to uh, some some good shenanigans. Everyone check mm-hmm. that out. Uh, so tune in next week where Lee will go up against, oh God, I don't even remember who it was. Did I write Wait, it down? don't you mean Michelle? Or Michelle, that's what I meant. Uh, Michelle, <laughs> I didn't write it down. Who's next? Was it, um, I don't even remember. Michelle, who are we going up against? <laughs> yeah, Michelle <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh that's that's i love doing that little quiz show that's a lot of fun congratulations to michelle for uh knocking lee off uh michelle so you've got one uh vinyl funko mystery money figure in the book so uh we'll see if you can bank a couple more buddy good luck uh he doesn't remember either who he's up against yeah he doesn't remember either that's hilarious um, no one remembers <laughs> no one remembers we're so organized here at the show Either that or we're synths and our memories have been erased. Actually, I have it here. It's uh, Michelle versus Nate. So, Michelle versus Nate. Next uh, next time on the Fallout feed. Um, 
Kara, what have you been doing? Uh, anything in closing thoughts here? Uh, just sort of like uh, getting ready for the roundtable. We'll be recording that. Oh, that's next week already. So uh, I actually haven't started any of the assigned quest yet. I need to uh, get on it. I was, I was trying to level up to 30. I don't think I'm going to quite get to 30 before I have to start doing the quest before, you know, the timing works out that I have to uh, get the quest done by for, for next week. You know what I mean? Yeah, I need to do a lot of level grinding. Uh, my research papers have put me so far behind. Oh, yeah. Um, You've got so real responsibilities. Yeah, I cannot wait to graduate. I have got senioritis so bad, and I'm not even senior. Um, but it, it, I, I think I'm going to have some time this weekend to do a lot of good grinding uh, and just kind of get myself up there. I've never nice. played uh, the this particular DLC. Ooh, sweet. Yeah, and I also still need to figure out how to download uh, Tales of the Commonwealth. Yeah, on a PC, I don't know how you do that, how you go about that. Yeah, there's Maybe something I'm... called a Nexus or something, I think. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, I may need to get explicit <laughs> Steam? directions. Are you, are you on a Steam something or other? I am on a Steam, yes. I think I think. Uh, oh, I bet, yeah, you there's can get probably a workshop Steam, I, think? I can go through. Yeah. I think that's a possibility. I yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about, of course, but uh, I think I've heard that as a possibility. Hopefully they posted it on the workshop. That'd be nice. Yeah. Or a workshop, uh, but because I know how to do that. Uh, but if not, I can just hit up the other guys and see yeah. uh, if any of them have done that on a PC. Word, word. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I'm just gonna try to grind up some character this weekend and get to the uh, start of my characters. We're, we're again just a reminder here. Let me check in uh, your quest, everybody. If you want to sign up uh, for to do a play along character, do so at the fallout feed at gmail.com. A reminder, the character generators at the website, uh, see asapodcasting.com. Uh, click on the fallout feed sections and it's called fallout feed Roundtable random character generator. Uh, people on Samsung galaxy have seemed to have problem getting it to generate randomly. So if you have the possibility, uh, go to your desktop and do it there. I always have good success on my desktop. So, uh, click on that random character generator brings up a pit boy. And each time you refresh that page, it should bring up a fresh set of stats. If it's a, uh, if you get a roll into something that you do normally, the whole point of the round table is try to get us out of our comfort zone to try to get to experience different parts of the game that we normally wouldn't. Uh, so if it's something, if you roll it and you usually play a melee character and you, you roll it and you, uh, the, you know, your concentrations are all things that you're normally concentrated in, then go ahead and give yourself a fresh roll. See if you can get yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit. It's just a fun little project, and uh, we enjoy all the play-along characters. So if you're interested in doing that, please roll a fresh character, join up, and send us some emails in and uh, some audio feedback. We always love to hear your voices. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to do some more grinding. I actually haven't done any building at all character. You know me, I like to grind... Grind my levels up and do building. I haven't scrapped and built stuff at all really yet. So yeah. um, I think I'm, I'm level 24, which is close to 30. So I think if it all comes down to it, I just might spend a couple hours just building stuff and see if I can't grind myself up to level 30 and then start the uh, um, the Nuka World DLC. But actually on the schedule, if you look at it, um, the first two quests are Tails quests anyway. So I can uh, gain maybe a little bit of XP and those, I don't know how much, uh, level-wise, 
how much XP you get by turning in Tales Quest. I assume it'll be the same sort of rate as normal game uh, quest. I would say either normal or slightly less. Yeah, you think it might be less? Interesting. Yeah, it might be less. Yeah, but uh, sure. the first Nuka World quests are pretty impossibly hard. <laughs> they kind of oh, suck. Great. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, what am I getting myself into, they, Andrew? They, they really punish you for wanting to go to this fucking park. It's ridiculous. <sighs> uh, it's like scaling the gator uh, moats in front of Disney. <laughs> oh, man. Well... Yeah. Uh, there may be more rage quits in my future then. <laughs> there definitely will be. Oh my god, there's some <laughs> nasty robots in front of that place. Uh, so um, that's really all I've got for this evening. Kara, do you have anything else you'd like to get into? Uh, glad I could pop in here at the end-ish here. And... At the end-ish? You were on for like most of the show. Come on. That was oh, great. Was. Thanks for hopping on. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, good. Um, man, I need to quit making a habit of this. Like, not coming in when we're starting <laughs> no it's totally fine i i seriously do not care at all it's totally great that you hopped on i thought i was just gonna do a, you know just kind of a quick show by myself pound through some emails do a reminder about the round table play the uh the king of the bunker hill and then you know call it a night but i'm glad you hopped on and gave me uh you know it's always good to have someone to chat with and michelle yeah. thank you for checking in it's always great to have michelle and uh talking with us in the the youtube chat that's always fun yeah. Oh wow! His character is apparently already at level fifty-three. Oh so. my god! <laughs> Overachiever, Kara. I mean, I know I'm you're still just, just in college. I, I know you're still just uh, getting that master's degree and stuff, and <laughs> I know you're in the workforce already. But <laughs> I, I've been in the workforce for far too long. I cannot wait to retire, Michelle. I am so jealous. I wish my character was level retirement. Uh-huh. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I tell you, like, retirement, like, currently, most retirees are like, man, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I know what I'm going to do when yeah, I retire. Shit. Are you kidding? I have all sorts of stuff I'm ready to do. I'm ready to not go to work and do. <laughs> uh, but you got to save uh, money and be prepared and blah, 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 blah. blah. Adulting, adulting, adulting. So let's start a podcast instead. That fun. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Great. Okay, so it's been so fun to talk with you tonight, Kara. Thanks so much for hopping on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, another shout out to uh, Michelle in the chat. And uh, thanks everyone for listening to this edition of the Fallout Feed. And we will see you in the wasteland. Bye. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Fallout Feed Roundtable. If you are interested in doing a play-along character with us, the show can be contacted by emailing falloutroundtable at gmail.com. For the roundtable schedule, our Amazon link, and all other show information, please head on over to asapodcasting.com, where you will find the Fallout feed, the Skyrimatic podcast, our YouTube channel, the Chatterbox, as well as other content. Once again, thank you for downloading, and we'll see you in the wasteland. Would you rather fight a manatee or a hundred piranhas? Hey, Jimmy, I told you not to come back here no more. Oh, excellent. I'm glad we've got some friends out there helping you. There's a whole bunch of podcasts out there. You're not getting to listen to all of them. Join me, your Uncle Blake. 
and let me be your podcast Sherpa with the Earwash Show. I'll present a different podcast on each episode for your consideration. If you decide you like it, hey, give it a download. If not, well, I'll try again on the next episode. Besides my favorites and Apple's top picks, I want to hear what your favorites are so we can share them with the rest of the world. So send your favorites to earwashshow at gmail.com. Again, that's earwashshow at gmail.com. And let's get the good word out. Hello, Wastelanders. Are you tired of the same old Diamond City Radio and GNR? Are you looking for a little bit more Brit in your broadcasting? Then look no further than WVR, Westvolt Radio, broadcasting today for a brighter tomorrow. I'm Susan Reith, 16 times Westvolt Radio Broadcaster of the Year. If you're looking for a little bit of music, some light entertainment, and the finest toast recipes in the wasteland, then look no further. To gain access to WVR, go to your nearest working terminal and open our archives at www.vault97.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and all other popular podcast distribution networks. We're also available on Twitter at West Vault Radio. If you'd like to listen to us on that old-fashioned thing called a Pip-Boy, we're also available on the Old World Radio Boston mod, which is accessible from the Fallout Nexus, whatever that is. So, for a more civilised and Vault Tech-approved listening experience, look no further than West Vault Radio. Isn't that right, Mr Wigglesworth? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.